Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Evolving Engineering and Construction Brands podcast with your host, Matthew Winkelstein. This week, I was joined by our Director of Operations, Leisha Ball, to cover her favorite subject, process. Process isn't something that I truly understood the value of until I started to work with Leisha, and then also when I had my own business. I used to think process was restrictive, especially in large companies, and in a lot of ways it was because it was more bureaucratic than it was supportive of getting the best work product. But through having my own company, and then also before that, working with Leisha to be able to create process around the things we were doing, I understood the true value in it. Now I am sing from the gospel of Leisha Ball of how important process is. And one of the ways that we help people at Engaging Perspectives is to create a process around what they do and what their goals are. When we work with a company, whether we're actually executing for them or just consulting, we develop a process for them document it, and then turn that over so they're in a better place either way. So this episode really dives deep into that. We talk about how Leisha had a passion for organization and you know how that really took hold at Engaging Perspectives, You know why process isn't administration, even though there are a lot of administrative functions. I think people mistake that sometimes. How effective processes and structures actually allow you to get the best work out of your best employees, not restrict your best employees, which is what I thought it was before. Obviously, Leisha has a different thought on that. And I think if you're bent like me, you probably do feel like process is restrictive if you don't understand the benefits of it, but it's anything but that. Excited to sit down with her. Hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Good morning, Leisha. How are you today? Good morning. Doing glorious. I'm so glad that you agreed to be on camera again and also record another podcast because as I've mentioned before, Leisha's job is not content, although she is wonderful at it and more people would benefit from hearing her. That is not her cup of tea all the time. So I want to recognize that and tell you I appreciate it. It's fun to be on with you, just having a conversation. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to have Leisha on for this and the reason why she's a little more excited about it is because this is Leisha's secret sauce. It's actually engaging perspective, secret sauce, and it's her sweet spot. So today we are here to talk about process. And the reason why I want to talk about process is, first of all, I didn't understand it before. And in spite of me not having good processes, I was successful. Since we've had processes with inside the business and with inside my life, both things continue to get better. We elevate our level of performance and at the same time, we've elevated our level of consistency, which is huge. And so some of the important processes that we have are content creation. We have a specific process around how we create content. We are a two-person band with a bunch of freelancers, which can seem chaotic at times, but it's actually not because we have this process that everyone knows what they have to do. We stay within the process. Variations in the process don't set us back. We're able to move because we know what's next. It helps us be able to be the most efficient, support our customers the best, and it produces good content for us. Another process we have that's important is ideation. People think ideas just come. And as a well-paid consultant, I thought, I'm really good at ideas. I just get these ideas and when I need them, they'll come to me. And anyone that has had to generate ideas on demand, they don't come to you as quickly or as easily as you would like. They seem to come at weird times or when you're doing something different. And so what Leisha's helped me develop and we help other customers develop, particularly in thought leadership, is 
what is your ideation process? So for me personally, I get an idea. I either text it to myself or what we're trying to get to is I put it directly into Evernote. But either way, when it makes it in one of those two places, I have a time when I circle back, I review that stuff, and then I add it into our scheduling tool. It makes it in the right place. And I have the ability to capture those ideas no matter where it is. I even have a notebook in my shower that sticks against the wall. And then once a week, I take all the notes that I hung on my shower, put them here in my office, and then they go into Evernote. And that just leads to consistent execution. I want to dig a little bit deeper and talk about the power of process, get from Leisha's perspective, why she fell in love with it. Talk about what it is, talk about what it isn't. I think a lot of people think process is another word for administration and there is an administrative component of it, but it is naive and ignorant to call it administrative. People think sometimes that Leisha's my admin And although she does take on some admin functions, just because the size of our team, she is the furthest thing from our admin or my admin or anyone else's admin. She is our process queen. So with that, I want to kick it over to Alicia here. When did you discover the power of process? Looking back, probably in school, probably in college. I worked full-time in college and my sorority and extracurricular activities. I really had to juggle a lot of different commitments. And I really had to figure out how do I streamline this so that I can be fully present in my personal fun college life and then be fully present at work and be fully present at school. So I had to really figure out some processes, tools, habits to be able to delineate between those three and be able to study efficiently, reconcile my notes efficiently and get through school. But I I picked up some tools over the last 15 years in corporate world, but I was thinking engaging perspective is really where I found the awesomeness of process because I've been able to take the things that I've learned over the years, my favorite pieces, and then we get to build it from the ground up, which I think has been so much fun. And having that structure in place, we've been able to deliver consistent, repeatable, excellent results for our clients. And we've been able to find a dynamic and a structure where we can work together. It feels very organized. It doesn't feel chaotic. We work with each other during work hours, which then frees us up to spend time with our families on evenings and weekends and whatever we're not working. I had to plug that in because actually I've had the most fun dealing with process here at Engaging Perspectives. That's great to hear. And I think that right now with more people working remote and more people working flexible time, we do that ourselves. When Leisha's talking about working hours, we actually only collaborate in person for two to four hours, two days a week tops. And we've also eliminated the times when we're in the same meetings together and everything else is around a process. And a lot of times when we meet, we're talking about process. Okay, what happened here? Where do we get out of process? Where do we need to fix it? And I can say personally, it's helped me tremendously. It has helped me make better decisions, not only at work, but outside of work. I was sharing with Leisha before this, I took my son to his first basketball game last night. And I would have never done that on a Monday night before because I would have thought that I had too much to do. And we have a lot of work, but I know where we are in each one of the processes, when our deadline is, what I need to get done. And I know what that decision cost me. 
I know what the benefits are as well. The benefits are my son had a blast. It was a fantastic game. They didn't play a good team and it was on a Monday night. So we got to sit in better seats than I ever would have bought on a primetime game when we normally would have went. And it only cost me moving some things around in my schedule that I didn't actually need to get done today anyways. So thank you personally for that. And I know our customers appreciate when you come in and help them. But I think people need to think about it as people embrace more of the hybrid roles. If you have a process, people know what to do. People can work flexibly. Where people struggle is when you're managing by butts in the seats and that's the only way you're used to it and you're not there to give specific direction all the time, your team can flounder and even the most well-intentioned people won't be as productive as they could. I would like you to elaborate a little bit more on when you fell in love with process. You can talk more about an engaging perspectives or outside of that. And just to add some more context to Leisha's story, Leisha also was going through all of that stuff in school. She got her MBA. She also used to be a hyper networker. So she had a full personal schedule as far as all of her college classmates that she was friends with. So she's cultivated this network for a long time, which to me, I thought was overwhelming. Now that I understand how she does it, it's achievable and actually fun. I've been starting to do more of it. So tell us when you really fell in love with it. My mom was telling me that even when I was five years old, I would use my pencils and my pens per length and color. So I think it's just like part of my essence. And when I think process, I also think organization. I feel like the two words are synonymous. Even as a little kid, I was like pre-organizing things so that I knew exactly what I had to pull out in the most efficient manner. If I was coloring, if I was writing, drawing or something of that nature, I just love, just let me organize things. That's all I want to do is organize, streamline find ways to be more efficient and ultimately to find more margin and freedom. And that's the thing that most people don't think about. I know I didn't. I thought process was restriction. What do you mean? I have to do things in this order. I have to do things at this time. No, I want to do what's new. I'm what Leisha calls like a finder. And I always want to be doing something that's next. I rarely want to be doing what I'm actually doing, which is a problem. And for a lot of different reasons, having process around things has allowed me to do more of the things that I actually love to do. There's that saying that if you see someone that's doing more than you, they're better organized than you are. The reality is we all have 24 hours in a day and most high performers sleep seven to eight hours. So you have 16 to 17 hours of available time to utilize. And I look at successful people different. I want to understand less about what makes them innately good at what they do because we're all given innately different gifts. I am fascinated with how people organize their lives. Fascinated. It's one of my favorite topics. I think the more that you've committed to getting your own life organized and operating and engaging perspectives with building structure and adhering to that structure. Like you said earlier, I think it has really underscored your ability to be more creative, to be that finder, to find pearls of great wisdom, build them up and then throw them over the fence to me and add structure. And then we can keep throwing it over to the fence to the people that are going to really execute the work. You have this incredible strategic creative ability. And so I think that the two of us work together really well to bring that creative, that abstract and that concrete thinking together. Absolutely. And we'll talk about going slow to go fast here in a little while. Another point that I was thinking of when you said that is delegation. It makes delegation so much easier. In the beginning, it's harder because you're trying to identify what's best and process is never really complete. You're always adjusting it based on new inputs and the way that you do things and what you find out works the best. But delegation has become so much easier. There was 
there was definitely some tension with Leash and I at times where I thought I was communicating clearly. She had no idea what I was communicating. And it was us taking the time to figure that out. It was like, and now we spend less time, like I said, less time talking. We actually talk probably the same because we talk about personal stuff with our families and what's going on with that. But we have more time to do that and it doesn't bleed into the rest of the day. So it's awesome. Delegation, it's important right now. All right. So I want to just have a back and forth on these next couple and start out with what people think process is. And so I'm going to tell you what I think it is and some misconceptions. And I'd like you to confirm or refute some of that and then add your own context to it. So I think when people think of process, they think of rigidness. They think of you have to do things in a very specific prescriptive order. And they also think of administrative. They think of it's just checking the boxes. It's doing something with an email or doing something with this piece of information, it encompasses some of those things, but it's a lot more than that. Because when you have a good process, the process is really driven by what you do and how you get the best results, not necessarily by what you sit down before you start something and write down on a piece of paper. And so I feel like people think process is just this administrative role that you can hand off to someone and say, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. And then you create a process around it. And it's a throwaway word because it's just on a piece of paper. But real process is about execution. It's not about having a document. I would definitely agree to that. I think that process, it's a set of intentional steps. Even if you distill it down, it's a checklist with a very intentional objective and outcome. And the reason I just don't think it's just a list of steps or a piece of paper is I would see a document like that. Let's say you handed me a process and I'd say, oh, great. I don't have to think about the actual steps and the order of the steps. I get to add my creative flair. I get to customize the process for an outcome for our clients or for our team. You don't have to think about the next steps. Process is evolving and always changing, but it changes incrementally the further time goes on. It's rarely these wholesale changes. And so it allows your brain more cognitive load to think about what you're actually working on, not what you have to do next or the 10 other things you have to do around other projects. That's the beauty of it. Absolutely. And so what process is, I think, is a set of intentional constraints that allow you to consistently get your best product out. I also think process is a reflection of how you execute or how you ideally want to execute. Um, we've been a part of large organizations that if you sat down and looked at their documents, you would say, wow, they have a fantastic process. But then when you get into execution, the process is terrible. Things don't get done on time. People don't understand the process. They don't know there's a process, but then they say, hey, there's a process for this and you have to follow the process. But then the people that are tasked with executing and living the process don't fully understand it. And it's not reflective of the way they work. They're constantly trying to work around the process instead of fixing the process. And so the best way I can describe that is it is a reflection of how you consistently get the best results out of whatever you're working on. I think what you said earlier too, yeah, it's not rigidity. It's if you could see it as an evergreen document or changing it. And you can always take that information, add, Hey, let's change this. This is outdated. This is no longer applicable and present that to the team or upper management. It should be ever-changing and keeping up with the evolution of the team and the solution. 
And, and the other thing from a marketing standpoint, I think it informs your stakeholders. And so as marketers, we typically need information from other people. Frankly, it's people that have more on their plates than we do in some instances, or they have more customer requirements. They have less freedom in their schedule. The more that we can inform them about how they plug into what we need, the easier it is on them too. They know, hey, after I do this, I don't have to talk to y'all for two weeks. Then we're going to plug in and we're going to have to talk about this. And I'm going to need to bring this meeting. And then at the end of the, all these meetings, we're going to have this great work product. So now let's talk uh, how we go about our process, because I think there's some marketers that are listening to this, that this is a thing that you can steal that we've utilized. And we did this when we were at Keywit. This is how we developed the process. And then outside of Keywit, we developed better processes just because there's less constraints and there's less variables. So I feel like we've become even better at this. And so the way we go about our process is the first time we execute. But when we execute, we have a saying, go slow to go fast. So typically I'm the one that's executing, particularly on the strategy component of it. And so I will execute whatever phase of the project we're in. And then Leisha and I will meet and we will document it. Okay. She'll tell me, what did you do? How long did it take? And we're communicating on this on a weekly basis. I had to have this conversation. Wasn't quite there, needed to have a different meeting here. And so she'll take that document it and say, okay, we thought this was two meetings. It's actually three meetings. And so we need to have more time for this in the schedule and in the process to reflect that. And then, oh, we thought we needed this much time. Actually, we didn't need this much time and we didn't need to have this meeting. So we can strike that out. Or adding this person's review in here just slows it down and they're not actually reviewing it. So we should remove that from the process. So the beginning is trying to execute to get to the best product. And then the further we go down, we document and then we review. And hey, here's what we thought it was going to be. Here's what it actually ended up being. And then we continue to execute. Let's say it's launching a new thought leader. And so the next time that we come to launch a new thought leader, we already have the process it's on paper 100% done, but from our experience, that means it's 90% done, particularly the first or second time we go through it. And so the second time we go through it, we try our best to stay within process. When the process becomes off or it's not working, we allow ourselves to break the process, but we break it intentionally. So when we break it, we review why we broke it. Hey, I needed another meeting here. Hey, I needed a couple more days here. Hey, we actually need to bring this information to the meeting and maybe get this information to the thought leader ahead of time, or it makes sense for us to review it before the thought leader reviews it and after the thought leader reviews it. And so through that through execution and following the process, we continue to fine tune it. Whose role is where, what are people doing? And then Leisha is always looking for, what can I take off your plate? What can I give to somebody else? You're the ones developing the strategy. What can I give to someone else to get this done? Like recently we've started to have someone else schedule all my meetings. That has been a huge lift off of me cognitively. And it also makes things go faster because I would drag my feet sometimes on scheduling the meetings because it takes time for me to think about that. And what Leisha did is built a template and then we have someone else that's scheduling the meetings for us, which is awesome. And then the last part is we continue to refine. So we have one customer that's been our customer for over two years now, and we've been about 95% in process for the last 18 months, but we continue to refine. Their business grows, they add more people, they have different expectations. We change some of the stuff that we do. And so we're always refining that little bit and we always give ourselves the margin. But if we get out of process, 
we make sure that we discuss it and it's representative in the current process that we have. And for us, our process, we build it in monday.com. So if you're familiar with Primavera, you can think of sequential scheduling. It's just way easier to use. And so when we are going through something and the process changes, we change that in our SOP. And then we also change it in monday.com. So steps are laid out. Leisha, is there anything that I missed there that you would add or anything else that you want to elaborate on? One of my favorite mantras is, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So I love what you said. We really lay out just a general structure and we're just throwing darts at the dartboard and we give ourselves permission to do that. And then we come back and recheck and, okay, did we even hit the wall where the dartboard was? And what do we need to adjust so that we're just getting closer and closer? And then, like you said, giving ourselves permission to break the process if it's not working. So you've been really helpful in just getting us off the starting line and just trying it out. And then I can come back in and refine and adjust and which is what I really love to do. I think another thing I wanted to mention just even within our team process, and I don't even know if you know that I do this, you probably predict that I do this, but you have such fantastic ideas and creative ideas that as you're speaking them, I want to get the essence of that. And when we have the interactions that are very focused and just really minimal during the week, I take that information and I document it and then I start structuring it so that, okay, whenever we bring on a new team member or potentially a new client, we don't have to think from scratch. Like I don't need to call you and say, hey, what was that thing that you were talking about? Or you were training me? Can you walk me through that again? No, I've already documented it, written out the steps, put it in a standard operating procedure. We have new team members come on and ultimately I would say, hey, read through these documents that we've put together first on your own time or autonomously, and then give us a call and ask us more advanced, higher level questions so that we're all using our time well and efficiently. And we're not teaching everybody 101 engaging perspectives. Yes. And I also love how you do that. I do recognize that you do that. appreciate that. And another thing around that same vein is you're good at, uh, at taking things that we talk about and compartmentalizing. So I do have a lot of ideas and it's no, no for now, but not forever. Yes. And so she repeats that mantra to me and I've internalized that, but what she does a good job of is not letting those ideas go out. So it's, Hey, this is a different way that I think we can make content and she'll make some notes. And then in two months, I'll be like, Hey, I think we're ready to work on this. She's like, I agree. And actually when you first talked about it, we talked about all this stuff. So we're not starting from scratch again. And those ideas aren't completely lost. You have your own idea drawer. Yeah. You'll throw out ideas. I've gotten really good at, okay, we can't really activate these right now operationally or potentially financially. Let's put them in Matt's idea drawer. And then when it's time, we'll pull those out and determine, do we have the resources to do this? Do we have the finances to do this? Do we have the time to do this? And then we'll activate them. But yeah, you have a whole, you have a whole drawer of your own. No, for now, not forever. I got to remember the phrasing of that. So Alicia, I want to put you in the spotlight here for these last couple questions. What's your best advice for someone that doesn't quite understand process as well as you do, but knows that they do some things they repeat. Maybe it's a marketer that needs to be able to post content consistently from their company page. What's your best advice for someone to start to create a process and understand it? I think it really goes back to what we were talking about earlier. When you have moments of clarity or you're working with team members and maybe you're brainstorming ideas, commit to spending five minutes after the meeting and just taking those notes, take pictures of whatever's maybe on the whiteboard or whatever people have shown in the meeting and just take the time to collate that information. And I think the most impactful thing is write notes to your future self. 
So you don't have to remember, hey, what were the insights here that we garnered? What are the takeaways? What are the aha moments? So write some notes to your future self and file those somewhere. And the reason I say that is because that way you can either create a process around it or you have organized documentation that you can bring back to the next meeting and you're not having to start from scratch. You're not having to Google a bunch of stuff. You really already have the great ideas right in front of you. And I think an individual or a marketer could even take it a step further and take that information and even create a process from it or a standard operating procedure and present that to your manager. They're going to be so thankful that somebody took the time to organize information and line it out and share that with the team. It just sets the whole team up for success. And uh, don't think of process as this large process flow map. You eventually end up getting there, I think, as you become more sophisticated. But a process can be a set of seven steps that you follow or you think you're going to follow consistently and you outline the seven steps and then you talk about who's accountable and you put a time frame to it, that's a great start to a process and it doesn't take a lot of additional thought or effort, but it eliminates a lot of thought and effort in the future. It also reduces you know? assumptions. I think it has really enhanced our communication because I can lay something out and just put it in front of you and we test it, but you can say, no, I wasn't thinking that. It just elevates clarity, perspective, and understanding with the team ahead of time so that you're not dealing with it on the back end when things are going awry or it's a fire drill and you're under high pressure. Let's do this in a low stress environment, a non-emotionally charged environment, and just make sure that we're all on the same page. And then, like you said earlier, we can refine and adjust as we go through the activity. Absolutely. What resources should people consume if they're interested in this? This is my favorite question. Okay, <laughs> two, two for sure. You and I talk about this a lot. So Building a Second Brain by Tiago Forte. He's just excellent in helping individuals and teams organize their digital life. And really the essence of where he founded his ideas is getting things done by David Allen. David Allen He's created like the Bible for efficiency and productivity. I know Tiago's on social media because I follow him, his YouTube channel, everything else. Thanks to Leisha, I've become somewhat obsessed with this. We have process in my family life now. Is David Allen also active on social media? I don't think he's as active. He's a little bit older, but I do see a lot of people in the productivity and efficiency space mention his work, but it's definitely even worth reading his book, Getting Things Done. So if you read books, check out David Allen. If you're more into social content, check out Tiago. But I, this is another thing with content. It's worth understanding where the source material comes from. And so what you heard Leisha really say there is Tiago's source material is David Allen. Now he's expanded on that and changed it. But if you want to understand it fundamentally, check out David Allen, read the book, learn for yourself. And then you can see what Tiago's adopted, what he hasn't adopted and what he's changed. And I think there's value in that. So one little plug for engaging perspectives and how we can help with process. We talked about the benefits of process through this whole thing and Companies of all sizes, but particularly small and medium-sized companies would benefit a lot from a process review. And we would be more than happy to come in and do that. And what we can help you do is identify what's the best process for you and your team. The best process is the process that's executed consistently. And so we figure that out through having multiple clients in different sizes. One of the things that we do as a value add is when you work with us, we build the process for you. But there are some marketers that maybe they have a strategist that is better than I am and they want to be able to create the strategy or they don't really need help with content. And for those customers, we can come help 
develop a consistent process, or if you're a one-person marketing team, develop the process that you can use to onboard your team and make sure you generate those consistent results for your company. So if you're interested in that service, please reach out to us. We do that on a limited basis, but we're, it's a way that we think we can give back to more marketing teams. And so if you need process, you need help developing a process, please reach out to us. We'd love to help. And you'll get to work with Leisha more than me, which is also a benefit. I might plug in a little bit as well. I think because I love process so much and being organized, we really can serve as your guide in that regard. So you don't even have to think about it. Again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. The customer, the teams that we work with, you can do what you do best. You can be creative. You can be strategic. We know where to take you. We've been up the mountain many times before. We know the things we got to pack. We know that we have the map in front of us. Let us worry about that and you just enjoy the journey. I love that metaphor too, because it can feel like climbing Mount Everest sometimes when you're looking at how are we going to create content consistently on all these different channels and have it be meaningful and then continue to do it. And as Lisa mentioned, we'll be your guide. But if you already know what you want to do, we can help you create a process to do it consistently time and time again. All right. Now we're going to adapt our best routine and habit segment to do our best process habit. So I'll go first. The best process habit that I've adopted is the ideation capture process that I have. It's provided me with endless amounts of content ideas. It results in better work product for my customers because I do get these ideas. I was telling you, I just got a big idea when I was on a walk with my family. It's not that I was thinking about it. It just all of a sudden came to me. And because I have that process, I just did a little voice note on my watch. It went to the right place. And then I was able to put it in the right place when I reviewed all those ideas and now my customer's better off for it. And they get those little ideas that come to you at weird times. So for me, knowing where I put ideas and then having a consistent way that I take those ideas and put them in the right place to actually do something with them has been extremely impactful for my overall output in my organization. Leisha, what is your best process habit? My best process habit, I've been doing this for years and it's served me really well. I do an end of the day closeout. So at the end of every day, I spend five or 10 minutes and I just do the same routine. And the reason I do it is I really want to set the table for the next day so I can show up to a clean workspace and just not be overwhelmed and stepping into the chaos. With my digital life, as I clean up my desktop, I clean out my trash can, my downloads, and just make sure that's tidy. My actual desktop is clean, so I throw away papers or file papers. They just don't need to be cluttering up the actual space. I clean out my email inbox. That's like a conversation for a different day. So I'm email inbox zero every day, and I have four designated folders where I file everything into, and that's worked so beautifully for me over the years. I review my to-do list in Trello, which is the platform that I choose, and to make sure, hey, is there anything that I'm missing that I really need to pay attention to? either before I leave the office or first thing tomorrow morning. So I get that organized and then I reconcile any handwritten notes. As we talk, I'll write down a bunch of notes and then I'll reconcile those and put those in Evernote into a collaborative software where we can keep notes with each other and see what meetings we've been in. So I make sure that those make it into Evernote and it's just a sigh of relief once I have all that done. And it sounds like a lot, but it truly only takes five or 10 minutes at most. And doing that at the end of every day, I am just like refreshed and excited to start a new work day everything's clean. It's already pre-prioritized, if you will. And I'm ready to dig into the workday. Yeah. I want to expand a little bit on what you said there with, it seems like a lot because when you start something new, it is a lot. It doesn't matter what it is because you're figuring it out. And so if you're avoiding doing something like this, 
and I have been one of those people at times, I think you have to ask yourself, will my life be more organized on the other side? And to Alicia's point, it doesn't take a lot of time when you get into the practice of doing it. It can take time to get into it. You have this mountain of stuff to get to zero is difficult. But once you're there and you maintain it, you can miss a couple of days even, and you're still not that far off. So challenge everyone to try it. I've realized from working with Alicia now for years that whenever I hear Alicia talk about something that sounds absolutely insane to me and something I absolutely would never want to do, it's only a matter of time before I end up doing it. So I'm more open to inbox zero than I ever have before. Right now, that's a Achilles heel of mine. I absolutely despise email. I get too many of them. I hate communicating through it. It takes too much time for me to respond to things, but we'll get there. We'll get you there. <laughs> With that, everyone have a great week. Thanks for tuning in.